Welcome to Ed Ideas, relevant conversations for Christian education. As image bearers of God, we have been created to actually carry out this work of cultivation, unpacking, unfurling, so that making is how we be human. Anytime culture is going through transition and there's significant change, you can either look at it as, hey, this is the worst thing ever, or what an opportunity. We know that all adolescents are asking some really direction-setting questions in their life. The very first thing said about us in the Hebrew Scriptures is not that we are bad, that we are dirty, that we are sinful, that we are shameful, that we are anything. The very first thing said about us is we bear the image of God. Welcome to Ed Ideas. This is Brandon Tatum. Today you're going to get to hear my conversation with Orpheus Haywood after his presentation at the Museum of the Bible. Secular aspects of their kids' life, the, 
the, the basketball, the playing time, the, you know, these, the, the grades, the valedictorian, the GPA, the, all of these things. Yet, yet those were the things as a Christian school we publicly recognized and honored. And we had very little things as a school where we publicly recognized and honored their spiritual life. Mm. And, and I think that's a real tension. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I think children will value what you exemplify. So if an institution is putting more emphasis on secular achievement and less emphasis on spiritual achievement, we actually are unconsciously teaching them that value. I think within the context of Christian schools, we have to tip the pendulum the other way to ensure that we are, in fact, encouraging uh, secular success, but within a paradigm that says you bring spiritual success to your secular success. I think it's important, too, to make sure we don't confuse secular to mean sinful. I don't think because a thing is secular, it's sinful, and I don't want to give young people that impression either, but I want them to understand whatever you do within the world, you are bringing Christ to your world context. So I am going to praise you for your academic achievement, but I'm also going to praise you for the discipline you've exemplified in getting that achievement. I'm going to praise you for having a Christian mentality and a Christian character within the context of all that you pursued. That when you are playing on the football field, you decided not to use the language the other kids used. I'm going to praise you for the fact that while you went into your prom, you made sure that you kept yourself unspotted from practices that ought not be practiced that I'm making sure I'm praising you for your distinction as a child of God while you are within the secular realm. So I think if we just tip the pendulum where we are starting to reinforce value on the spiritual, our Christian institutions can be more than Christian institutions in name. We could be it in essence. And I think we do better if we do that. I really like the analogy of, of utilizing the arrow, right, and making sure it has a target. Right now, I think we're living in a parenting climate, parenting context, where instead of utilizing the arrows, we're protecting the arrows. Like we don't want to, we don't want to take them out of the bag and use it because we're afraid we might miss the target or the arrow might break before we get it in the bow. Or we're, so there's this protection narrative. What are the theological implications to a parenting climate that is focused on protecting? Sometimes protecting is keeping a child within the realm of ignorance. So sometimes you're protecting, but you're actually preventing growth. And I think I can understand within this secular climate why that would be a fear. I think the fear is understood. I think I can sympathize with the fear now having a 13-year-old. I want her to take flight so badly, but I'm afraid of where the arrow might land. Um, I'm nervous to let her exist within an environment for her to make choice because I'm afraid of the choice she may make. But I am also mindful that at some point I have to trust in the sovereignty of God even in my human weaknesses. That perhaps, perhaps I need to trust God's power and not my own. I think sometimes we conveniently trust God. I think we have to learn to trust God even when it's inconvenient, even when it's in the context of your own child. And I think there is a general principle uh, and I know the book of Proverbs cannot be viewed as absolute truth uh, in the sense of it is not uh, within the genre of the book of Proverbs. We can't say this will definitely happen. However, when it says train up the child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it, that is a general abstract truth. Although it is not a specific truth, that means it's definite. There are children you can raise a right and they still go in the wrong direction. 
However, it is suggesting that if I'm investing in my child going in the right direction, the probability is that they'll go in the right place. So I think we need to trust God in those areas where we're powerless. Let the arrow fly and let God protect the flight. That's great. I think, and I don't think there's a whole lot we can do per se with this whole parenting complex and protection complex. But I think it's an important conversation that schools should be having with parents. And I think making um, specific connections to protection and the implications to them, their faith, I think is a really important conversation that we should be having in our schools. Absolutely. Uh, parenting is a faith practice. I mean, it really is. Within this climate, in this context, I think a parent has to trust that what they invest in that child will blossom in that child's future, maybe not in the immediate. But if I can sow the right seed, I'm going to trust that the right plant will grow. And I think that is, in fact, a faith practice, even on the child, even on the side of parenting, because this child is my arrow, and I want to see that arrow hit the target. What do you do when the wind shifts and it takes the arrow in a direction you did not intend for it to go? There will be life shifts that happen that's outside of the control of that parent. And I have to trust the sovereignty of God when I can't control the wind. There's an old, old principle of, of Christian education that, that a lot of us have talked about and have, have lived out, and it's this idea of the three-legged stool, <laughs> right. where it's the, the church, the family, yeah. and the school all working together, and, and we're all kind of moving in the same direction. I think one of the most, not most important, but one of the important themes and aspects of this current generation is the brokenness of the family in that three-legged stool. Right. We're seeing more and more kids are coming from broken homes, more and more kids living with grandparents. Right. How, how can the school and church, and, and maybe it's somewhat the same in some aspects, but how can we pour into a generation that the family is, is broken? I think, one, we have to accept that there are, in fact, fam broken families, but I think there's power in church and school becoming extended families. To be that environment where a child who comes from broken family can still receive family values from the Christian institution or the church that's attended. I believe there's real value in allowing a child that comes from a broken place to see wholeness in another environment so that the hope lost in the family is regained in the school and church. I think it's important for us to exemplify family values in spite of the failures of the family they may have been in. I don't think we need to make excuses for broken families. I need to, we need to see the reality of a broken family, that circumstantially things happen, but let the church be that extended family that says, you still have an environment where you can learn proper family values. Um, I think that's controversial for some people, and I think some people try to keep church completely out of the realm of filling that void, but I think there is a place where the church and school is the extended <coughs> place where the child still gets the value that they missed in their family unit. That's great. Thank you very much Thank for you. being here. Let's give him a round of applause. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please hit subscribe and follow our podcast. It's important that we continue these relevant conversations for Christian education.